2: You know, I've said it before, and I don't think I get enough backing on it. But when you want to talk about MMA's current A team, this right i am on the same team. This right here is A team. You guys want
0: to go on set? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. I have more
2: advantage. Look, we we thought let's step up our pregame preview. Let's get a little harder. You know what I'm saying in terms of alcohol, in terms of intention, in terms of
0: attitude. I'm just glad it's not lying. Who's the main? It's
1: bulk. <laughs> no, no, no. Fuck. Motherfuckers, I know who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are we doing on today's video shoot? <laughs> uh. I'm saying, which of these two? It is a huge fight in a faraway land. But even though it's far away, it is very much worth your attention when the pound-for-pound best fighter in the sport jumps up a weight class to see if he can become a double champ. Alexander Volkanovsky, your reigning featherweight champion on February 12th, jumps up to lightweight to take on newly crowned UFC lightweight champion Islam Makachev at the RAC Arena in Perth, Australia. Live, by the way on pay-per-view and to get you ready for it is three dads wearing black and blue (laughs) jeans. That's Brian Campbell. Black tears on a river. (laughs) That's Brian Campbell. That's the ice man himself. The man in the hat. Chuck Mendenhall. I'm Luke (sighs) Thomas. Welcome to the morning combat UFC 284 pre game preview. It goes
2: without saying what's up brother. The, the ground rules for this, right? Kind of oh, clock all You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? We're gonna find out if Perth has girth, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that time was under a minute before uh, we got uh, to the genitalia. No, also, That's not bad. Uh,
2: look, no, no punches pulled. This ain't like the Spotify hour on Ringer, oh, where it's Jesus. like we're gonna we're gonna pull our punches here and be <laughs> safe in this couch. <laughs> real talk, brother. All right. All
0: right. All right. All well, right. How's life? It's good, man. man it's good. Yeah, I'm happy to be back here. I don't know why we didn't do one for UFC 283, but hey. Well, Who's it's county? because that main
1: event is some. Who's counting? <laughs> you
0: know, it's whatever. But. It's my
1: boy, Glow, are we talking about? But I guess by the time this is aired, we already know what happened to 283. Right, it exactly. Recorded. That was a good fight. Look, um, would you say this 284 card is nubs outside of the top two fights? Top three. <laughs> top three fights are great. After that, it's... They are great. Mid, and then it drops. Yeah. It's There's two not and a half great points on
2: this card. Two and a half.
1: Okay. Well, 283 was funny, right? Because the main event, again, at the time of this recording, the main event was not... Gr- well, it wasn't uh, barn burner awesome. It was fine. But the rest of the card, on paper, seemed to be pretty great. This one is the exact opposite. This one has <laughs> the most insanely awesome yeah. main event, a fantastic
0: co-main event, a decent feature fight, a good one. Yes, And then... Other fights. Can you tell me who the opening pay-per-view fight is? I don't, off the top of my head. I know we're doing a preview here, but I can't even. Is it is it uh, Jimmy Crute? Could be Jimmy the Jimmy Crute. Could be the Jimmy Crute. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I no, you did put me on the spot. That's embarrassing, it. but uh, it's Crute. all right. No, Jimmy Crute has never seen the scorecards, by the way. That's uh, a barn burner.
1: Indeed, that's true. But if I'm looking up 284, your opening main card bout, uh, I believe I was right. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. No, excuse me. Uh, Jimmy Crude will be on the prelims as it's listed here. It would actually be Justin Taffa at Heavyweight taking on Uh, Parker Porter. Um, But, yes, not that great. Now, before we get any further into this card, thumbs up on the video if you're watching on YouTube. Hit subscribe, all that good stuff. Where can everyone find your work? We'll plug it at the end as well. We always plug it at the end. Yes. And then I feel bad. So up front, where do folks get your stuff?
0: You can catch me at the myth, M-I-T-H. That's where I have some words, and then you can catch me at the ringer. I do some writing there, and the MMA ringer uh, show, I believe it's called. And then you have an, you have <laughs> an OnlyFans account, I understand. OnlyFans, and then OnlyFans. That, that,
2: only that, that famous Brit um,
0: Peter yes. Carroll. Oh right?
2: boy,
1: here we go. Oh, yeah, it's, it's infectious thought, now. Me. He's that UK Plus guy, Yeah, yeah right? UK Plus. Oh, 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 by
2: the way, uh, you know there's there's a there's a nice uh, piece of words I like to live by. Uh, candy is dandy, but. Liquor is quicker. Are we gonna uh, are we gonna do the show like men would, or, or,
1: or did or? I like that you don't need a segue. I you don't really drink. drink, but if you want to drink, we can drink.
2: All right, all right. We got anything good over there? Where's we the got. liquor cabinet? Where do we okay, got? stop we got.
0: doing a bit. Just get the liquor bottle. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's so, so orange. right Any spot? Here. Wait, can we even see the Easter egg? Where's it planted? Okay,
1: we do over Brian's right shoulder. If you look closely, we have the Cannibal Corpse liquor. And then we have this one. Oh, well, well, okay. I mean, well, they're just having a free throw. This roast. is great. Well, you just grab the motherfucker. I don't liquor. know where it is. I don't
2: know where the damn thing is. It's sure. right
1: behind you. Uh, I think we have Brendan Schaub's liquor. Oh, Tiger wow. Thick. I've yeah. not had this. Has anyone here had this? I have not, I have had, not this. had this. I uh-huh.
2: assume some would say this is the thickest.
1: I'm only going to taste it. I'm not going to drink because I just don't want to drink it This anymore. is blended whiskey, <laughs> 48% alcohol by volume. Yeah, that's... And, uh, it, and it was a hefty such price a today, treat, especially to yeah. get
2: it shipped here. But, you know, we support our ex-colleague, Luke. So here we go. Well, All right, you going to
0: try some? i am told it's pretty good. I've not had it. How <laughs> much does it go for, Luke? 90. 90 bucks. I had retails for 90. It All is right. it
2: is a little on the price. We could have time. had yeah. this open before we started. Secondary markets,
0: uh-huh. probably a little more.
1: The secondary market, yes. There is. Did you, like a child, just hand this off to her, to him, be like, Daddy, open this for me? Oh, oh You man. just tookied
2: me right there. I just tookied the shit yeah, out of you. Yeah.
1: All right, BC. Um, 284, as we're opening this up, let's talk about it. Not the card in general, but let's just start where everything starts, where everything matters, that main event. Volkanovsky versus Makachev. Can I ask you a question
2: to Sure, start? go ahead. Because I know you want to tee me up, but the people really want to hear from Chuck, and then you. Yeah, Chuck. <laughs> and, sure. then, and then me at the end. So why don't we start well, don't with you while Chuck's busy. <laughs> um, it, this fight is awesome. What Volkanovsky's trying to do is awesome. Makachev and the victory he just had over Charles Oliveira and where he's at is, damn, is this a fight for the number one pound-for-pound spot in the world?
1: Yes. Or a very good case can be made for it. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's all I needed. You do. have the shot glasses down here. Oh, here we go. Here, you hold this. Okay. Um, yeah, hold hold. Let's pause that conversation. God, Jesus. <laughs> Green one for you? Yeah, I just take a little bit. I just want to taste, please. Just taste me up.
2: I to get the cork. We're having it? Okay,
1: you can leave it and you put it to we the side. We can just start over from the beginning. No, it's right? quite all right. <laughs> just a just a taste, That's fuck good. face. All right, all right. That's plenty. That That's good? it. That's it, yeah. All right. This guy's doing a real shot though, I think. Right? Yeah,
2: isn't that isn't that what a real man would do?
1: I'm uh, not a real man then. I'm a fine, real man care.
2: with a little pink well, that's, shot that's glasses. That's a double shot, Chuck.
1: No, I'm not doing Miami. It. There we go. All right. <sighs> all right. You want to put that aside? <sighs> here we go. Uh, here's the swimming with bow legged women. <laughs> Can we do the <laughs> Colombian thing, please? Uh, yes. Because okay. I have respect right, for right. So right. right, here we go. Mariba, bajo, El Centro. You have to touch. para dentro. All right.
2: This one's for Crocop.
1: Sweet. Yeah. Actually, that's not bad. Wow, I think I just yeah, that's not bad. I,
2: I think that just put more hair on my chest.
1: <laughs> I gotta say, I'm gonna put this over, dude. Here. That's I'll put this back. that is fucking way better than the Cannibal Corpse whiskey, <laughs> dude. That's, <laughs> dude, that's our basis for comparison. Dude, I love Cannibal Corpse. That whiskey was fucking rock gun. <laughs> no, I could I, not drink it.
2: No, I'm no you know hard alcohol connoisseur, but it's pretty sweet. But that's that better than Connor's, dude.
1: Well, oh Connors God. is Connors. What would you call Connors? Connors is first of all, Connors is cheaper, like, literally it's to what, buy. It's, it's a it's well
0: expensive. drink. That's what it is. It's a well it's, drink.
1: No, you know what it is? It's party. It's party. It is. It's party booze. That's what it is. Just party booze. Someone shows up with a bottle in the That's middle your, of summer. Second one. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Yeah. This yeah. is not bad. I can't drink at all anymore. Can someone get me a diet coke? <laughs> Heartburn? and some Tampax? I mean, my lord. Wow! Wow! wow. <laughs> Used to
0: chase that down with Pepto Bismol, if I recall. Yeah, and dude. I mean, I it's, I,
1: you know, I quit drinking, and like my need for Pepto Bismol <laughs> went away. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yo, you never <laughs> told me that story about being in a Turkish bathhouse with uh, with Douglas Crosby. That's unbelievable,
0: right? A Russian bathhouse, yeah. but yes, it was wow. uh, it was quite interesting. All right, let's focus. Yes. All right, UFC
1: two eighty four BC. You were asking the question. Let's we'll pitch it pitch it around for the top. our Chuck yeah, top
0: pound for pound slot in the sport. I think so. Um, this is one of those rare situations where, where the, you have a guy on a twelve fight winning streak, which is the big, the longest right now in the UFC active fighters, a twelve fight win streak in Makachev versus, I'm sorry, with Volkanovski versus an eleven fight win streak with Makachev, which is you put those two things together, becoming you know two different champions, and I think that you could make the case that they're I think you could make the case that Volkanovsky, I don't know how, who, if we've had this discussion who your pound for pound king is right this second. I don't think there's an argument. Who is it? Volkanovski. Volkanovsky. So that's mine too. So yeah, Volkanovski and Makhchev might be entering the space, and I think if he beats Volkanovski, he should take the space. That in a two
2: fight turnaround, and no shortage of great, you know, uh, status of the opponents that he faced here, Charles Oliveira into yeah. Alexander Volkanovski. Have you have we ever seen in, in a two fight stretch somebody? And it's not that he wasn't heralded or, or heard of or anything. I mean, we've been waiting for a long time for Mahachev to finally get his close-up, and the Habib rub has been a big part of the presentation. It's, he didn't he didn't sneak up on anybody. But in two fights, he can go from beating a guy who was on, who was on the verge of cementing himself all time in the books as the greatest finisher, as so many things, as, as an unlikely champion who turned his career around in the second half to potentially beating Alexander Volkanovsky. Granted, in a higher division, but, dude, to go from... Unranked on the pound for pound level, it's great win streak, but damn, I want to see what he looks like on the elite level. Too, if he wins this, he's the no. best fighter in the sport. So not a, like look when when he when Habib left, when Habib retired on his own terms, we heard the tales. We heard that his late father Abdul always pointed to Islam and said, you know, after after Habib, you're next. Charles Oliveira turned out to uh, somehow be, and, and, and this won't be his reputation. He, he's not a transitional champion, but he was a transitional champion in the sense of. Fedor handing the reins to Islam and, bo- right. and if he wins this, and, he's, and, and there's nothing, nothing saying he will here necessarily, except for the odds, but man, he will go from being Fedor 2.0 to in two fights being the best fighter in the sport.
0: Um, wow. I wow, mean, right? part of his, and we're talking about Islam, part of the thing is that he was in the shadows of Habib, right? Like, he was coming up, I think he was considered a protege, all that sort of thing, but Habib had 13, I believe 13 fights in the UFC, had 7 finishes. Islam, right now, has 13 fights in the OC, has eight finishes. You could already make the case that he, and his resume is what it is, right? Like we've seen, we obviously this Charles Oliveira one was a, uh, the biggest fight, but going forward, he could pass the resume just because of the lightweights that are available. So this year, this year alone, Islam, if he was to beat Volkanovski, defend that title once or twice, he might already pass. This is kind of crazy to say, but it, I think he could be in that discussion already for better than Habib. Wow, wow, ben wow, Habib. wow. Because if you look at it, they fought 13. Right right now, if you're comparing them, right, like if you're comparing the two guys, I know that uh, he has the loss. Islam has a loss early in his career in the UFC. But if you just look at the strength of schedule at that point, especially let's just say he plays out that scenario. He beats Volkanovsky, who I think we just identified as the top guy, right? And this is a guy who played for the Wasilla Gorillas back in the day and weighed, what, 200 pounds? I've never heard so that story like- before. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> Wasilla, I can see Russia
2: from my kitchen window.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, but it's I think that he could literally be that guy. We could consider him that because if he if he beats this one, he wins you know wins like international fight when he wins one at the end of the year. I mean, he's like he's done right, more I think than Charles. I think that's, he's done more than Habib. Right, let me, let's I, be honest. I'm here. not
2: kidding. Uh, Habib has in one hand a a sort of like asterisk hipster extra powerful sneaky argument of maybe even being the goat because he was unbeaten, he maybe. dominated, and he walked around on top. But the, the the stigma will say, okay, but did you beat enough elite? guys and did you do sure. it in succession, but the elite guys he did face on the way out and the way that he beat them from, that is true. from Connor to, to Poirier to Gaethje. I, I don't know. Does Islam best well, that I'm just already? throwing it out I mean, there look, because. That, that Volkanovski win, if he does get it, you could argue is is, is as good, as as meaningful and good in that situation. But, I mean, just the fact Enemy that. territory, the, too. You're man. not. See, You're he's not the kind of guy, Luke, that will that will make a preposterous statement to say it. Like, Chuck is the voice no, of think reason uh, in this sport. It's possible. I really do. On this show. So, if he's even saying that, Luke. What Islam has done, it might not be Habib 2.0, it's Islam Majah, right? It's his own thing. And damn, dude, he's
1: ready to. Um, damn. I mean, this. Well, I just have to say, like, the thing that stands out to me is I really like how Habib made a clean break from the sport. And then, really, I mean, obviously, Islam and right. Habib were in the UFC at the same time for a little while. There, There is some overlap. But in terms of, like, previous opponents or whatever, he was just doing his own kind of thing. This is his own kind of thing. Right. This is his own moment. This is his own path. Whether or not it's bigger, better than Habib, or 2.0, I just feel like he's trying to carve a unique identity that folks can remember for its own merits, its own big memories. The thing is now... We, I, I, we don't even know is Habib going to be cornering him in Perth. That yeah, part is, remains unclear. But I just feel like from an opponent's standpoint, with the last one with Charles, which Habib never fought, that was the biggest one of Islam's career. And then you know, yeah, the Thiago Moises and stuff like that, and the Bobby Greens. But <laughs> but the reality is, you get past Volkanovski, dude. You've done something so separate. And then between the two, it's like you add in Connor and you add in Gaethje, and then you add in Oliveira, and then you add in Volkanovski. It's such a broader body of work that I don't feel like we're
0: going to be doing the. Uh, Kobe Jordan thing. It sure. doesn't feel too only It only exists because they were already entwined yeah. as Islam was coming up, and then they fight in the same division. I think that's the only reason. Same it, camp. I mean, it's that, the same know. camp. It's like there are too many um, similarities and too many affiliations, so it's going to be inevitable. But, but I do think that, you know, he starts to distinguish himself on this card. If he wins, this is when he yes. really starts to do it. I think he was quieter in his approach only because – You know, he was coming up at a time when there was a lot going on, but also he was in the shadow of Habib. We talked about him as the protege for so long, but I think that this is the fight that puts him over in the bigger way. Like, and then, and then we, maybe we do have that conversation. I'm just saying at some point at the end of this year, we could revisit this and see if it's right. But I think that he could be the guy that we're talking about as the, you know, the cream of the crop. In the lightweight division, which is nuts. He's I never thought I would it. say that. The
2: way he frames narratives heading into big fights, I love that shit. Why don't Chuck? you just lean over
0: and blow? Why don't, why, don't, <laughs> why don't you just get a room? All right, on the flip Let side, me move guys. move this mic. On
2: the flip side, oh. no <laughs> shortage of stakes for Volkanovsky, who's still unbeaten in the UFC cage, has put Hold together... On, I,
1: I, I'm not quite done with, with uh, old Islam just yet. Just real quickly. Okay, sure. he's
2: not that old, I mean...
1: Well, here's what I mean. Just before we move on to Volkanovsky, the thing about Islam, though, that still does... Give me a little bit of pause about him, not as a fighter. He's obviously enormously talented, although, you know, no one's perfect. But Habib had a little bit of media savvy. He liked it a little bit. He was good at it. Islam yeah. is oh, not good at it. Uh, and, and, you know, I think we will do it by virtue of his occupational necessity. So I, here's my point. Even if he were to beat a guy like Volkanovski, which be, would be in a tremendous achievement, I, you know, as in Perth, Australia, he just doesn't seem like a breakout superstar guy to me. Well,
2: there's a difference. It's a critical breakout if he does, because he becomes the number one pound for pound, especially if he wins it without any controversy or anything. But no, that won't be his commercial breakthrough moment. And that's, but it's like, what is more valuable in the long run? If you get wins like this one against Volkanovski, which has ultimate critical uh, value, then the commercial ones tend to start piling up around the corner. Will it take, to be fair, yeah. will, will it take a Connor fight for Islam to get that type of commercial crossover? Or will it just be beat this guy, then beat the next guy in line, then oh, beat the man. next guy in line? I don't know
0: if he has that. I honestly don't know if he has that that separate thing. The funny thing about Habib was he was kind of slow uh, for people to get him to, because remember, it was the broken English. It kind of, yeah, yeah. it came across almost as comical. Most of the things he was saying, and then there was like you know, tell me location, whatever, all those type of things were number one bullshit. Yeah, yeah number one bullshit.
2: I will smash your boy.
0: And you know, I will smash your boy. He's you know, He's talking to Dana as he's like beating dudes up, and I, I, that to me was like when I was like, this guy. Is on a different level when he's yeah. talking to Dana. I'm not. Khabib sure. Habib had swag, 100 you know percent, I mean? yeah. man. And I remember talking to you after one of the shows. It was when he beat uh, it, when he beat Conor McGregor, and we were that whole fracas took place afterwards. And we were like, you know what? You realize he's not playing, man. No, he is not playing. I get that vibe off of Islam, to be honest. I get the vibe that this guy is he's that serious um, and all that stuff. So he's got that cold bloodedness. I yeah. think that you need. But I don't think he's going to have that sort of transcendent uh, it factor, like ch- charisma, all that stuff. I don't think that's him. You know, it's it's going to have to be something else. You normally
2: know? when someone's in a position to potentially challenge or succeed, someone else is standing reputationally as the goat of that division or whatever you're trying to do. And in this case for Islam, it's competing against the shadow of the resume of his coach and best friend, right, Habib. It's like normally when you're in there, people, people – they want to make you over-earn it before they finally give you that nod because for so long they hear it coming and they see it coming that this is Habib's boy coming from so long away that you're like, eh, is it really? Is he ever as yeah. good? Um, dude, if he I mean, if he goes out there and beats Volkanovski, even though he's favored to do it, but if he goes out there and beats Volkanovsky and you package it together with the wins that he's had, I mean, dude, we're, we're going to be getting to a point where the Habib relationship is going to be like, a a, a a, you know like just part of his second you know I mean like it really yeah. is you're right. It really is his chance to To get I mean like w- because the way he beat Charles Oliveira now, when you sit on this couch, fair-minded Chuck Wendenhall, yeah. you know, the, the, most, the most guy who, who is the bridge between our extremes, the guy who in this sport is the voice and of the reason, bridge. you're coming out here and saying, <laughs> well, accomplishment-wise, he may, he may be already <laughs> passing Habib in here. He might be. People aren't even fighting you on that because of the way he beat Oliveira, dude,
0: seriously. And, I mean, the he way w- this sport has been going. Nothing's out of question, is it? Like, it's just the way everything goes. Well, look, like this sport, can, the sport can be
2: batshit crazy, especially when somebody getting a big finish in a big moment, and, and Oliveira's yeah. run featured that. He almost gets stopped by Chandler, and suddenly he comes back over the top, and he stops him. But, dude, he made that fight against Oliveira one-way traffic. It was the ultimate baptismal moment of you finally got your shot at the highest level. Oh, here's the greatest finisher in this in history, a guy who's on the verge of maybe becoming, you know, considered the best in this division's history, trying to surpass your boy Habib, and he comes out yeah. with that performance that I, I say normally people have to over-earn it, he, in some ways, Islam, has already earned that respect that's sort so of it, separate from it could be a, Well let, let me push
1: back on this. So He's currently ranked number two, Makachev. But if you take out the Olivera fight, which I realize is a huge pound fight. pound-for-pound right. rank? Right? Yes. Right. If you take number him out, he wouldn't belong. in the. be right. Hooker. It'd be Bobby Green. It'd right. be Tiger Moises. Moises. Yeah. Dude, you wouldn't be on a pound-for-pound pound list that way. I mean, his win streak would be good, but it's you wouldn't that's be true. on it. You're going to tell me, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not saying I fully agree, but he's going to be the number one fighter in the sport with two wins?
2: Well, that's the remarkable part about this, but I think them ranking him number two pound for pound, and this is USC doing it, correct? Yeah, usc.com. And, and again, I mean, and pound for pound in general, obviously, it's so subjective that you can argue and what's the difference if someone's ranked two or fifth? Well, to me, in this case, there is a big difference. Mahachev was unranked in, term, in terms of the pound for pound top ten that I do for CBS. I don't know if anybody cares about that. It is what it Thank is. You. But my point is, when he wins a fight that big against Oliveira and wins it in the way he does, you're like, oh shit, he has to crash the party in ways that you don't normally see. So I went from unranked to, I think about Fourth, mm-hmm. and and it's a in it's a acknowledge that he's probably going to climb higher than this, but I don't think you should put him at two unless your sole position from a marketing standpoint is to sell this right. fight in Perth as number one <laughs> versus number two. But at the end of the day, we are kind those of are respect hairs. the journalists
0: that uh, make those votes, I believe. So, but dude, if he does, but at the same time, for it's also what like also if you're
1: Makachev, it would be two fights, and then the second guy you fought, he'd be moving up a weight class, right. like.
2: But name two fights in succession in recent history if he wins this, where someone would have beaten two guys with higher collective standing in back-to-back fights. I know, and it, I know, Their biggest
0: got, streaks. I mean, he, Oliveira also had a streak that was going on forever. The two longest he'd be, be each other. dousing two of the biggest streaks we've seen. Yes. in the last. I'm playing devil's advocate. I mean, I'm not saying I fully agree with what I'm
1: saying, but it would be. Unusual to be pound for pound number one off Massively just off two wins. Unusual, but I'll tell you what. To your point, let I mean, let's talk about for just a second. Islam's win over Charles Oliveira. We we previewed the fight on Damn. on this particular program, dude. He just I know. did whatever he wanted, basically, basically to him. And they wasn't worried a, about the ground. I did I did a huge breakdown on this, dude. They had the I cannot overstate this. Him and uh, Javier Mendez and Habib Nurmagomedov and whoever else on the team, they had a brilliant game yeah, plan. Yeah. They knew Oliveira better than he knew himself, and they took over him. And when it was time to go, they got him out of there with ease. I couldn't fucking believe how good it was. <laughs> and isn't how crazy this
2: sport is? Because the Poirier fight versus Charles Oliveira was the fight that I'll admit, you know, I was one of those that got it wrong ahead of time. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is finally Poirier's moment. And as good as Oliver has been great and yeah. it's, it's been great, dude, you take too many chances, it's going to catch up with you. And then he almost audited po- Poirier in a certain <laughs> sense. I don't know really you want to kick back and say you're wrong, BC. And the first round was kind of a normal Definitely first was round. was competitive. But yeah. beginning with the second round, dude, and the, I didn't think Oliveira was going to take down Poirier and then almost get gnarly and cover his mouth and be ground, high ground and pound and just do a different side of him that we didn't see that I started to go, like a lot of people, if you were still doubting Oliveira that, oh, shit, dude, not just a crazy finisher, not just a guy who can create chaos and, and get out of it while, before you gas or get stopped, but look what he just did to Poirier. He took him down, he controlled him, he was almost kind of quasi-dirty, and he just won that fight. And then in the next fight, he got completely <laughs> completely sunned in almost the same way Poirier did in rounds <laughs> two and three. It's just like, holy shit, he got completely audited and handled and destroyed. Damn. So to answer your question, as unique as this is, as if he does this in two consecutive fights, yes, he is the Palm for pound okay. number one. But he needed Usman to lose to Edwards, and what if Usman comes back in March and beats Edwards and dominates him? We could be having a different conversation. But I do, I do feel confident to say this is for number one, and I do want to make that transition because while we are framing the entire narrative here about what's at stake for Islam, damn, is there a lot at yeah. stake here for? Have you for watched Al-Jander a lot of tape
0: on Islam? Like, have you been watching yeah. it? What would you consider his weakness? Well, not so much in the Olivera fight, but
1: um, he can be a little, uh, okay, there's not many things are his weakness, but here's the way would understand him. His defensive sensibility is extremely strong, okay? Doesn't take a lot of punishment, doesn't make a lot of bad calls. That limits his offense a little bit Mm -hmm. in the sense that he can't quite get going um, because he is so judicious with how he approaches everything. Uh, but I would say that um, if you have good takedown defense, he can be pressured into bad striking uh, exchanges.
0: That's, I mean, this fight is fascinating.
1: And that's really where Volkanovsky, dude. That's what I'm saying. The things you're talking about,
0: I was thinking about that with Volkanovsky, like in the three uh, three fights with Holloway, right? Like uh, just the different approaches he took. And I know you, you probably watched a lot of the, yeah. that, that trilogy like uh, going back, but just the different approaches, even with the takedowns and just how he took them apart in the last one without even trying a takedown attempt, didn't need it. And I, I think that that's one of those things. Uh, you're mentioning Islam having the perfect game plan. I do think that Volkanovsky is a very good oh, yeah. game planner and adjuster. I, it's a fascinating fight. And I'm not one of those guys who like goes into the stats big time like and looks at this, but you're talking about one of the highest accurate Strikers and featherweight history going against the highest striking accurate, like accuracy fighter in lightweight history. This is one of those fights where these dudes are both at like 60% and how they connect and the way that they go forward, the pressure that they put on, the kind of chess match that they play. You talk about like uh, Makachev, like I think some people are like, well, he'll, he'll be bigger, he can take him down. But then you think about like Volkanovsky for a few minutes and you say, a couple of guys have taken him down. But I think, what was the last one? It was like Ortega took him down a couple of times. And Chad Mendes took him down a couple of times. But for 45 total seconds of ground control and, like, the other one was, like, a minute. It's like he gets back up. He doesn't He doesn't lay there. It's just It's fascinating from so many levels. And I feel like it, this is your kind of fight because yeah. there are so many trump cards in play for both guys and you're not sure how it will play out.
1: Yeah, and also and folks have, like, brought up the Ortega fights. Um, the Mendez fight is a little bit more reasonable to me because that is sort of a wrestle boxer type, which Islam is a different body type but could set up things in a similar way. But that was a long time ago. And the Ortega fight, to me, it's like, guys, I have to warn you like Volkanovski gets way better between fights even in his 30s And if you think his wrestling is gonna be as good now as it was in that Ortega fight boy You are sleeping on him big time (laughs) big time. It's going to be vastly better The other part too is like here's the real real reality. I I think Makachev is a pro. I think he's gonna come in shape He's not going to come in better shape than Volkanovski. No way. I don't no. believe that. Sorry.
2: Now, now since twice I've tried to transition the show because you've put a lot of pressure on my pre-show BC, don't linger, don't don't stretch <laughs> it out, don't, you know, don't make me late for my train, and I've gotten no sold twice on trying to talk about the stakes for Volkanovski and <laughs> his resume, and that's fine. I do feel, you know, okay to say since you brought up Ortega, Chuck, and there are rumors of the demise of his relationship with Tracy Cortez because he did get the tattoo on the inside of his lip. Yeah. With her, if that's true, I pray you get Ebola. What, what, I mean, what do you what do you do about that? If you're
0: if you're in I mean, one Man. sense, it's on
2: the inside of your mouth, so who cares? But what do you do?
0: This reminds me of that conversation we had about showing up with your significant other right before the fight. Remember we had this yeah. whole thing? I was like, I don't know, that's a bad look. And sure enough, look what happened to him. Yeah. Um, do you have any anyway. avi- advice for T City? <laughs> the production staff. I don't know if this book. is true because I would never get one. The production
1: staff is telling me that tattoos inside the mouth go away. Oh wow! Ah, oh, interesting. Well, so thanks right. for derailing derailing the show, Brian. Glad you're here. Maybe pay, he knew that it was just payback Calculated
2: for your saltiness risk. when we tried to get the alcohol, and you you <laughs> us, and it was it was a little, uh, a
1: little awkward.
0: You know, is that? there is there any like when you think about this? I mean, I think the Mahachev going into enemy territory. I'm guessing it's going to be a partisan crowd. You know, oh, for yeah. Volkanovsky. Is there any kind of does that play any factor into this? Like, when you if, go if into he a wasn't guy's,
2: from the 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 Dagestan tribe from that. Abdulmanap team, a protege of Habib, and didn't have that same mental toughness dude, I think that comes out he of there.
1: Relish that, That's yeah, what of course. I was That's of like, course. Like, look, look at Habib the night he fought Connor. He was never going to lose that fight. Right. Not that night. Not that night. Not no, no. There was nothing Connor was going to do that night to win. It was never yeah. going to happen. And I think Islam, whether that happens or not, we'll see. But I, I think he has the exact. Those guys are you. you dude, yeah. you bring up that twenty the the post fight um, Connor. Habib card. We came back. I think you and I did a yeah. bit with uh, yeah, Submission Radio, yeah. and you had because dude, because Habib came back and was like, you know, I apologize to the commission. I apologize to everyone, but like, I'm not really sorry to be honest with you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know? And my and my dad's gonna kill and me. And my dad's me. gonna beat the yes. shit out of me. Yeah. And blah blah
1: blah. I mean, right. and, and dude, and then and then Chuck was like, dude, Habib is. Cold, like, yeah. like not in a bad way, like ice cold, not worried that's about right. anything yeah. else. Anyone else's Islam to me is identical right. in that sense, in that sense that the comparisons, I think
0: that's kind of the, fair for me. That's kind of one of those fun things about this card is like there's a potential that there's a, a spoiler that's going to just ruin that party because you know how it is. It's like this is. In that sense, in the fight world, right? And uh, also, Volkanovsky has been kind of doing the UFC solids fighting all over the place. This is his homecoming fight. You know, like he's going home, finally getting the uh, coronation and all that stuff since he's been the guy. And if he gets beat in this situation, right, that's just going to be a very bad vibe over there. So let's, uh, we we love to do
1: this on this program, which is what happens if, what happens when. So let's talk about a world where, actually, let's go a little bit the reverse here. Let's talk about a world where Volkanovsky wins. Right. And again, without controversy, whatever that means, stoppage or great decision or whatever, but the 145 pound champ would go up. He would now be the double champ. I think most people would agree at that point. He was already number one, but that would really solidify yeah. him at that point. It wouldn't be about pound for
2: pound anymore. It'd be about what, it, where is he at in history? That's right. What be okay. Right. So, tell me, right. That,
1: right. so if he wins that double champ, do you have to put him now in the pantheon of greats? Look,
2: in some degree, it's an unfinished argument until we see where Islam would go from there after losing his title. Would there be an immediate rematch? Could he come back and win it again or be a long-term contender? But as the stock of Islam Mahachev right now and the fact that Volkanovsky's would be moving up in weight and the fact that Volkanovsky would be coming off a calendar year in which he uh, I mean, aided to some degree, of course, by the head kick loss for Usman, but I, even if Usman didn't lose that, you wonder if Volkanovski would have passed him on a pound-for-pound pound level that same year because he went in there, okay, late replacement against Korean Zombie, but showed an offensive intention and a danger with his striking. Oh, he's a formidable striker, but we always talk more about the footwork, the game planning, the wrestling, the anti-wrestling, everything about him. Dude, he went in there and was, like, dangerous. And, oh, on top of that, he went into a trilogy with Max Holloway that yeah. was unnecessary, and he didn't really necessarily want, but we, but the whole sport put the pressure him. on him. Yeah. And, dude, he beat up and bloodied Max. So damn. So you talk about like, like, Historically, I, I don't. That's why I tried to transition twice. I don't know what th- this really means. I mean, we know what it means in the sense that there's a handful of greats that have been two division champions. You know, there's, there's a Cormier, especially yeah. simultaneously. There's been, you know, Nunes and, and Cormier and Conor it's McGregor Cejudo. and even the Cejudo, And even though the feat slightly got watered down because of the number of times it happened, you're still talking about the greatest fighters in history. Cejudo still has to do a little bit more, but he's already put forth a solid foundation. Machev right now, and 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 Alex would be moving up in weight. Are you kidding me? If he goes in there and wins that, I mean, and, and yeah, like
0: that's an interesting one. When
2: you consider the run he's on, he's never lost in the UFC. He's always had a wait in in a, in a potential dark moment against Ortega, where it oh, co- yeah. he could have lost. That could have been his his GSP Sarah moment. Even though I don't think, um, I don't think Sarah and Ortega yeah, were on the same level the same, at that yeah. point. But you get my point. Um, damn dude. <sighs>
0: Would it be? I mean, I'm trying to think. There's of the levels of moving and, up in weight, right? There's yeah. levels of
2: getting your second title. The GSP moving up against Bisping was right. a freaking big what I was deal. Just I mean, this the is,
0: Amanda Nunes one would be closest because she went and beat uh, Cyborg, Cyborg yeah. which to me was kind of like this, right? Like where you're like, well, now you're gonna, you have a mountain to topple here. Like, are you going to be able to do that? I think that would be it. But the thing is, this isn't the women's featherweight, right? Like it would be. There were a lot of guys then who would want the piece, yeah. and we would we would get to see what that means. But I think that that would be. It's got to be right up there. It's got to be right up there. Because R- he would be like, doing
2: it already as the pound-for-pound pound number one.
0: Especially if he looked good doing it like he's been. Because it, the last couple of fights, I mean, like you said, there wasn't big incentive. A lot of times you look at a guy going into a fight and you're like, will he be able to get up for a third Max Holloway fight? He's beat him twice, even though there's like some controversy or people talking in a different way. And he puts him away even you know, more emphatically, just dominates the fight. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think if he has a very good showing that you could probably have that conversation, right? It would be more of a story. I think you're making historical. You would be doing that, which is kind of crazy because both these guys have quietly reached these stations to the point where, like I said, Volkanovsky hasn't even had like these these home field advantages where he can go home and be celebrated for who he is really yet. Like he's, he's not even to that point, but you could actually start to have that because it's been such a quiet dominance for so long
2: and it goes without saying because we know it but don't forget when Olivera fought Mahachev it was the first time in UFC history that that what win streak says as, as long as 12 for each fighter mm-hmm. was part of it and yeah. now we go one more because Volkanovsky has an even longer wow. win streak that this is the first time it's even one up from there so the level of rareness and the historic elements to begin with for this fight that seems
1: gonna be mad if he wins both he's gonna drop one does he drop the 145 pound title? Because it's like, oh, I defend both. I bullshit. You can't. No, stop. Because, look,
2: because the key question know, that he has to the answer thing. to us, I think right now, until we see this fight, it, it isn't as much, although the argument of even if he was already Islam's weight, could he still win this? We don't know how great Makachev is. But when you add in the idea of him moving up in weight, that's what he has to solve. So if he goes in there and solves that and becomes the champion against arguably the toughest guy this division could produce, you're right, why not just stay at 155? Because you just proved against the best Dude, guy. If you can
1: beat Islam Makachev in your first right? fight at lightweight, I know. Stick around. So I want to ask you this yeah. question, Luke,
2: because you you have been a long time appreciator of Volkanovsky and, and long before you know, I, I was I was skeptical for a while that, yeah, that, that he was usually. really. That here's he was here's really the that Luke
1: Thomas great. experience. Hey here's, <laughs> hey, here's a very sensible idea. Fuck you, motherfucker! <laughs> <Yeah. My laughs> whole family dies of AIDS. Yeah. So, Six Luke, months later, you Luke, this. you
2: know you had a point with that. <laughs> There's already an argument, again, just on a style level and how good Mahachev is, and if he controls you with his wrestling, it may not matter anyway. But how much does the weight and moving up in weight actually play into whether Volkanovski can win this fight? Because he he did used to weigh 220 pounds, right. whatever the story is. Yeah, I, we think, know that.
1: Um, I think he is strong for the weight class, uh, for 145. I think he will still be strong for 155. Um, he'll obviously have a low center of gravity. He'll be able to scramble. But I don't think, from a pure strength perspective, he's going to be able to, over time, match Makachev. Even Volkanov excuse me, even Holloway had times where he could shut mm-hmm. him down, uh, or you know, heavily nullify him. Obviously, there were also times that that Volk- Volkanovskiy broke through and got takedowns. But um, the question for me is not really on the offensive side for him; it's merely a function of. What will his defensive work rate be once the grappling situations begin? How quickly can he advance even minor positions to build on top of each other to scramble? And how much can he consistently do that while forcing trouble on Islam? So, for example, imagine a round passes where Islam is really trying to hold him down and does, but just can't really get any offense off. Right. Then decides that was really exhausting. I'm going to dial it back. And now you're trading with Alex. He, his ability to disguise offense is second to none, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, that could become a problem. But it's really it, – I hate to oversimplify a fight between two people so skilled, and I'm sure I am in many ways, but honestly, either Volkanovsky can defensively wrestle enough or he fucking cannot. And if yeah. he cannot, it's a wrap right. for him.
2: Well, That's it. L- He's, l- okay, but l- l- yeah, you're
1: right. You're right. You At the end of the day, you're right. Volkanovsky, whatever – okay, let's say this about – we should make this clear. Makachev – Again, I cannot overstate this. The, the the game plan that they had for Olivera was so good. It was. I know you didn't watch that video I put out because I put it on my private channel, but you should. Yeah, because you're like you're like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna. We got a lot of great success with MK,
2: <laughs> but let me also compete against my own channel. I wasn't. You know? I, I'm not gonna <laughs> be against. You know? And I wasn't
1: the one who was told to put it there. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is when you go through, you can see very clearly they knew exactly what punches they would need in exactly what scenarios. And dude, they just, pattern recognition, muscle memory. They knew exactly what to throw. You're not going to get that with Volkanovski. Well, You're not going to uh, get that. Well,
2: the wrestling, ultimately, we think Dick takes who wins this fight. I want to ask you about Islam Ahachev striking because I do think against Oliveira, in addition to the in insanely great game planning, I thought from what my eyes show me, and people think my eyes are just filthy casual, that, dude, he made a <laughs> leap in terms of his striking and the ways he was able oh, yeah. to use yes the, and no. that, the left cross to hurt Oliveira. But to be fair, Oliveira does get hurt, and it's almost, in a weird way, part of his strategy yeah. to, to create so much chaos and have him back and forth that... Can Mahachev strike on this level against Volkanovsky, which is like going from Ooh, we'll to checkers see. to chess?
0: I was just thinking, like, you're, you, I think you're right, too. I don't think it's oversimplifying. I think that that's kind of what the drama is up front. And if for some reason Volkanovsky is thwarting those attempts or getting up, and it's hard to imagine, like, him getting up easily as he's done in the past, but if he's able to do that, it's one of those fights where you're like, it could be Islam early. Volkanovski late right. You know what I mean Like where it's like Where it's just Volkanovski just starts To wear you down Once he breaks your spirit A little bit Shows you, you things can't do that he wants to
1: figure out And anticipate him you Look know, at the yeah. second
2: Max fight He won wait, the last three rounds Right he came on Yes he,
1: he got dropped Or they didn't count On a fight metric But he basically got dropped Dropped twice the first two, in the, Yeah Yeah Interesting yeah, sorry, stuff, Chuck. Sorry, we just cut you off there because that's Not what I we do know. on this show. Well, well Chuck, Chuck
2: didn't answer my question. <laughs> I mean, the, was, you know, sorry. It, it's one thing that I, my eyes can tell me against Oliveira that Islam striking did make a leap. But even, yeah. if it, even if it did, is it on the level to compete if the wrestling does get taken He's away? He's
0: actually right now a higher percent of, like, efficiency of a striker. But, of course, like, we've, we can see. We've watched Volkanovski. We know what he does. And I think that the, his striking setups and everything, his combos – and just the unpredictability, yeah. yeah, all of that stuff. I'm like, I, I just think that he brings something that nobody's bringing right now. I mean, he's just his, his style, his pressure, and just the mix, the mixing up of, uh, of attacks, is a lot. So I would be surprised if Makachev is able to like just stand in there and yeah. trade with him and not, you know, clinch and try to make it dirty. He's not going to trade with him, right? For That's very, what not I'm for very long. Yeah, for very long. So I mean, but th- th- these are all fascinating layers, especially because I do think that Islam. I think you're absolutely right. Both guys are so cerebral. I'd really doubt, though, that Islam's going to fall into that Ronda Rousey trap and believe that he's going to outstrike. No. You know what I mean? I don't think that he's going to do something like that. Dude, but, he makes good decisions. Yeah. And he, makes, he has he natural, natural head movement. He really does. Natural I head what movement. I, when going back on the tape and just kind of watching, I'm like, that's what I realized. Smart fighter. Very smart guy. guy. And, I'll, again, I want to say, it, like, we've been talking about
1: the AKA guys and how good they've been and Team Habib. The, the 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 freestyle fighting academy and um i think that's the name of the gym and as well as obviously uh, city kickboxing the two sort of combined yeah. the ones that he had from australia his old coach uh i think his name is i got fuck joe ortiz i forget his name please forgive me i'll double check on this um but in any case having his old coach and then obviously you know eugene Berman out of the city kickboxing dude we're talking collectively between the aka guys yeah. and all those guys yeah we're talking like two of the I know people know this, the very best teams, but I mean in terms of game planning and which T's get crossed and which I's get dotted – these are the two best teams maybe in all of the sport. Like we're just talking a level of game planning and specificity. That is yeah. very much ahead of their contemporaries. And dude, as I and said, a
0: guy who absorbs it and does it executes quickly. it. Yes.
2: And, and the guy in Volkanovsky who absorbed against Ortega punishment was yeah. in a precarious situations and was so calm and cool that that does add that to the mean. equation of why I can't wait to see this fight and who could cancel each other, who can get out of bad
0: situations. Um, Damn, man! The, so it's the most anticipated fight of the first quarter of yes. the UFC schedules. This is yes. more than gone and uh, well,
1: I guess that one's much bigger from a promotional standpoint. But just and again, reporting I mean, this before John's been right. you know well, done something other. So whether or not <laughs> you whether or not you them.
2: believe <laughs> right. Mahachev is number two, pound for pound, as the UFC say, or four, as I say, or anything around three, four, five, six, Can, like I'm trying to think of fights in history. that either that either were in some argument one versus two pound for pound or one uh, or two. St.
1: Pierre versus BJ
2: Penn. Two top two, five guys at right. least. I mean, what were the most recent 94. top five guys? i am mean, trying to
1: think. Yeah, no, here. but dude, the the first big one was St. Pierre Penn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, not, not the first St. Pierre Penn, which was Penn's return to the organization after being on a bit of a sojourn. I, I think that's right. Uh, but it was actually their second meeting when one was lightweight, right. One was in 90, 94. Yeah. So it was a champ champ fight actually. Um, and
0: uh, Penn got handled yeah he
2: he made the mistake of saying beforehand to GSP that only a bitch taps on strikes. You
0: know? <laughs> the closest yeah. is probably Cormier Jones right like yeah in terms of Jones uh, yeah in terms of the guys who are maybe at the very top of the the pound for pound list kind of going at it yeah. at the moment um, that would it's be a rare man I love We it.
1: didn't have a pound for pound list at the time. True. That's that is true. GSP's rivals like That's uh, true. A little no, bit no. there. Well, um, you don't mean that. You some of the Couture the and Pound Pound? well, Couture and Liddell at the time, they, uh, the, the, the title was changing hands. You could have argued then as well. Again, we didn't have official pound-for-pound rankings, but something like that. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, we do have another fight on this card that is quite good that we should spend some time on, namely your co-main event. It is an interim uh, featherweight title because the featherweight champion has got a little bit of business to do <laughs> in the main event. Yeah. But it's when Yair Rodriguez takes on Josh Emmett for the interim featherweight Ooh. strap. And I gotta tell you, they, love it. they just don't come much more explosive. BC, I'm not sure that they're the two very best guys out right. of featherweight, although they, maybe we'll see. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that they're extremely high level and they're going to, true or false, kill each other.
2: <laughs> they're gonna try at least. And it's like, <laughs> you love seeing somebody hardworking uh, who's been overlooked before in Josh Emmett Get this. It's not for the full title, but it's close enough for the interim title. The winner is going to get a big title shot, and it's a big opportunity. And, dude, you know, that guys had to go through hell oh, to get man. to this point. And whether or not you thought well, – what was the real close fight Emmett had on this journey? It's, it's off top Calvin the, Cater. Calvin yeah, the Cater fight. And you can up. certainly make a case in that regard. But, dude, a guy who's figured out through some crazy injuries and setbacks and our room service diaries interview with him just allowed me to understand on another level yes. how – uh, how how his mental toughness and his drive and his will is of the of the second to none warrior elite status, but to win this fight, if you're Josh Emmett. Okay you have to willingly walk into hell, which is a place that he loves to go in these fights, and it's almost his game plan. Man. But you're going in there with a guy who's very, you know, he has spe- he, he has a special set of skills for this exact type of fight mm-hmm. in Yair Rodriguez, who I still don't, like, really know how great he is, but, dude, <laughs> the fight he wanted to get to this point... Let's be honest. It, it it was finally that that was it against Ortega. It was finally yeah. against it to me it was finally like okay, he really is ready. This is really his time. Let's see if he can get to the title level. Um I don't see any other way where if Josh Emmett's going to win this that he doesn't have to go through a horror movie to get there,
1: dude.
0: Yeah. This is going to be he's, well he's going to get gonna he's, he's going to get disfigured to win this. His, uh his level of perseverance really is the thing, right? Like, I, I really believe he's just in his life. You're talking about the injuries, but even in his fights, I mean, the, the Calvin Cater fight, he was outstruck cumulative. Actually, I think the last three of his fights, he was cumulatively outstruck in all of them, and he won them all somehow because he turns it on when he needs to. He makes it ugly when he needs to. He's he like just, a
2: pride throwback.
0: Yeah, he is 100%. Yeah? He was losing before, during the streak, but the beginning of the streak against uh, Michael Johnson. Remember that fight? He's losing a very lackluster fight. They're barely engaging. But he's just waiting for that one shot, and he one-punch KO's him, like, with a minute to go in the fight. I mean, he's just never out of the fight, and that adds a level of drama to it. I think that he's – he never – he believes in himself. And that's always a that's a fun thing to watch. He's 37 years old. He probably doesn't get back here again. No, he this doesn't is the shot. Again. No, and
2: he almost didn't get the shot. To be fair, he probably you know he could have just as easily been offered a number another number one contender's ish fight and could have another war with a cater type guy and could come up empty on the scorecards in a close fight. I mean, he almost didn't get here, but the fact that he did. And the fact that certain key parts of luck needed to align for him to get yeah. to this point, and the fact that you say he has not only next level belief in himself and mental toughness, and uh, forget willing to take on punishment—it's like the only way he knows how. Um, that's v- a very dangerous intangible to have. And as much as as Yair is as explosive and insane, and like Charles Oliveira, it, you know, can can make such great decisions yeah. within chaos, unlike anybody else, dude. You are going to have to remove Emmett physically from this fight to beat him, right? Yeah,
1: got, you, know, got, you know, it's kind of funny. Two things real quickly, by the way, just a correction on me for the coach for uh, Volkanovski is uh, Joe Lopez. There Excuse you go. me. So that's the first thing. Secondly, you know what I love about this fight is you would think this would be with, with the Yair, but it's really not the case. Neither one was exactly the favorite son of the UFC. Right. Yair was for a time, but then fell out. They remember they they cut him and it was a huge thing. He found his way back. He really worked on his craft. Nearly got beaten by Korean zombie before doing fucking ninja magic. But uh, you know he's definitely had, and he had that weird fight in Mexico City with Jeremy yeah, Stevens. Yeah. And there's just a bunch like, of times where it's been like he's definitely very important for the promoted one,
0: right? Like because of the injury.
1: Yes. Vega, it's, like it's just, just been, weird. it's just been weird with him a little bit. And and Emmett is the guy who, I mean, his style just speaks to his life story. He's actually very clever offensively, uses movement and big power. But defensively, not that great. Kind of gets hit a little bit, but then just fucking wills through it, and then yeah. finds a way to bring it all together. But neither was a promotional <laughs> darling, and here they have found themselves um, much later in his athletic life. Obviously, right. for a guy like Emmett to get here, I love those stories. I love the Same stories hair. when someone was never the favorite son, right? And then just, never even
0: like highlighted. Never really a yeah. Uh, you know, to be
1: fair, Yair was highlighted oh, in certain I mean, ways. I Yair was.
0: I, thought, I was talking about Emmett. Good Emmett, yes. Emmett Emmett was never really highlighted. Uh, Through his career. It wasn't like they were throwing him on like fight night main events. I mean, he, I think the last one was. But before then, it was kind of like he's just a guy on a card. Dude, I remember
1: you know? seeing him for the first time. It was one of his fights. And then the next time I saw him was on a uh, podcast I listened to in the Strength World, Mark Bell's uh, uh, yeah. it was Powercast at the time with Silent Mike. And he had he had fucking Josh Emmett on. And I'm like, oh, that's a bit of a cool story. This is all right. <laughs> yeah. But, like, he was just a guy that they had on at the time, you know. I
2: know. By the way, uh, you're right. The Rodriguez fight against Ortega was ended early with the, the, shoulder, with the shoulder injury yeah, yeah. to him. I I did think in the short piece that we saw, Yair is at another level, but it was the Max Holloway fight, which was a loss that I meant to really reference that showed me even in a loss that he is truly ready for this elite level. Let's not forget, especially when it was the first round, dude, he put shots on Holloway that would have finished anybody.
0: He's got got another gear too. That's what makes it, that's what makes this one kind of fun. I mean, because Yair, like you kind of look back at his career He's kind of been a lone wolf, a like nomadic presence and the kind of does as Matt marches to, you know, his own beat, all that sort of thing Um, shows up, not as prolifically as you think he will, but here he is in the spot. It's just, he's a weird guy, but his fights often turn into performance of the nights because he just won't quit either. I mean, he just keeps bringing it and that's combustible, right? Like when you think about that, that type of matchup, it's, it's pretty crazy, do you think they made the right call? I mean, I know that yes. they, in the end, like, I, I, at first I did not think that this was the right fight to make, but as it's gone on, I, I feel okay I would with have it. been happy giving Emmett a title shot against Volkanovsky, yeah. but, but given
1: what we talked to Josh Emmett the week of yeah. the third Holloway fight, and just given how well Volkanovsky beat Holloway, right. then what Islam did against Charles, making that fight very important and very interesting, meaning he can't defend it. Now it makes sense. Also, Yair, it's not Yair's fault that Ortega's right. shoulder did what it did and who's to say what it would have meant. But he was piecing Ortega up before right. that. Let's not forget 100%. that. 100%. And so it's like to me, man, I – you know, again, to your point, I love the way you put it, the nomadic sort of style of the, or identity of um, a guy like Yair. But at the same time, so creative, so artistic. Mm-hmm. You know what I love about his style? It's very flashy but also – fucking mean you know a lot <laughs> of the is. mean guys are control you put your hands on you types you know and he's more you know fucking yeah, wow right. all that that's what he's doing and it just it is both acrobatic and at the same time devastating <laughs> i love that combination that's a rare combination in a guy plus he doesn't like like you know Wonderboy thompson is, his more recent fights he's been getting touched up a little bit but he does a lot of the touch and go not Yair, like <laughs> he will absolutely stand in there and like give and trade. Like he's fucking. He's, he's also got that Mexican boxer oh, spirit in him, you yeah, know. He so does. he's this brilliant combination that makes him unruly and uh, probably for the UFC a little bit hard to corral or whatever. But it's so unique and it's now, so fun.
2: It makes me fear for the any potential scar tissue on Josh Emmett's face and you know in the oh future God. of his he's cheekbones all and tissue. all that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Emmett told himself on the RST coach, he almost like dumbed down his style and was like, no, this is what I do every fight. I yeah, we asked there, him what
0: his game plan was. He was like, yeah. eh. You think? Come I'm out, run, come out you know, there it? and throw punches it's, it's and I just kind of rock with it. It's <laughs> hilarious to me that he can't wrestle. If you go back and watch like his you early... Up, up, that's, that's what I mean. He's what, a collegiate So that wrestler. was a like, question. Well, but you're always like, dude, when, why not just mix some of that in? Like, he just wants to go out there and bang like you're saying, but like he's looking for those shots and he'll take them to get them. But I'm like, sometimes I'm like, dude, just... Take the guy down and beat so him up on the ground. So my question to yeah. you
2: was, if you get into this type of war with Yair, that it that that he's just used to getting in, meaning Emmett. I don't know I if don't that's know. I don't know if that's gonna work, dude. I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't know if you up. can outlast this guy in a war because Yair is that explosive, flashy, True. and just loves that shit. You got to go back. You got to take him down. What's the years history with takedown defense on this level here?
1: I have to look up the numbers. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, Frankie Edgar came into business quite oh, a yeah, while that ago. Probably, that was a humbling and win. He, he has been, he, I would say his, you know,
0: I would call it por- uh, porous. It's porous. Yeah, he got blasted. It was like, he had like, I remember that fight very specifically. He had like, but it's 15, been some time, in fairness to 15. him. 15. Uh, punches. That he oh, landed. but he, he, but he even, absorbed like even yeah. Max got him down and was able to pass. Yeah. Remember to Mount, I believe for a time. So, I mean, uh, I'm just it's saying, saying it's there for the right guy. It's there. Well, Emmett, I think if he's getting pieced up and I, and again, I think that Emmett tends to get pieced up a little bit. He's one of those guys who kind of activates in a fight when he's, Feeling that you know and starts to bleed, but at the same time, I'm like, if I'm feeling that and it's going a certain way, I'm not going to let the gold slip through my hands. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, if i him, I would incorporate some of that, make it a little ugly, take him down here. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Mix it up a little bit. He's one of those guys, and it comes from Teddy
1: Atlas. Dustin Poirier has made him more famous recently, but it's like you know, basically 30 minutes to make life fair or whatever the length of yeah. the Yeah, five is. minutes. Yeah. yeah. He, he's man. one of the. I know it's a great thing. I was like, dude, he's one of those guys who's trying to make life fair. And when you have a hunger like that, plus his athletic ability, plus, again, he uses a lot of motion to set up and get out of in and out of opportunities, which is clever, which is modern. He doesn't have a modern skill set. You just so foolish to sleep on a guy. like that. That's why it's
2: rare at this level that we would bring up an intangible and comparing the guys and say, well, this guy really wants to win it really bad. But, dude, that's a superpower for for Emmett. It fuels his offense. It fuels his style it's dangerous and it brings on a lot of cuts and, and, and you know, <laughs> swelling and aggressiveness. But, like, dude, you if, if you're if you're Rodriguez, you're going to have to knock him out cold to beat him.
0: They really need to tidy something. Something has to happen that's tidy and understandable and relatable, right? Like, it has to be definitive. It has to be definitive whatever happens. If there's some weird controversy to this fight with Arnold Allen kind of out there and now the vacant, you know, like, for the interim, I just, I want that division to finally kind of get some clarity again, and I feel like... Uh, Given Yair, especially like his thing, and the split decision with, with Cater for, for the other side, it could be another weird one. It could, there could be some weird scorecard or something. It could be a controversy that way. Um, I guess my only rooting interest in that is this, that it, it's, there, we're clear, right? Because then the next fight tells you the next part of the story, whether it's going to be Volkanovski. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or if the be, title or, becomes the Exactly. Point, yeah. Or if it just becomes the full thing. So there's a lot of drama just in the buildup to this one card. Point.
2: That's a good point. There is a there is a connection there with the main event in that regard
1: where What would you rather have? The winner fight Volk? I mean, I guess you would always rather have the winner fight the champion if to, to unify. But if Volk beats Islam, it's like, what's the fucking point, honestly? Right. right?
2: It's hard. It's like it's like knowing Emmett's story so intimately from interviewing him, and it's like, man, it's it's hard not to cheer for him. But which matchup would I rather see? Dude, I would love to see if Yair gets this done against Volkanovski. Yeah, so that would be a good fight. You know, in yeah. terms of the remaining opponents left for Volkanovski, whether or not he wins a second championship, you know, uh, that that's a great-ass fight you that, think that, that, that we're building to. And I don't think it's a foregone collusion who wins that fight. I'm just saying if that ends up being the way, um, I wouldn't mind seeing that as potentially. Well, if
0: Volkanovsky wins a foregone that he's just – staying you think you he really he just he, w- he wouldn't try to do both if all the people it, well, it said the that USC, they would do it I, it depends I, on the I, this is a guy who went and made weight for a fight he wasn't going to be in, you know, like Volkanovski, like it's just the reality of like if, I, you, get, if you get injured, like true. it's just 100%. hard to do. But if anybody though, could play it for maybe like a, a little stretch. Maybe, right? maybe a it little bit. It depends
2: if the promotion allows him. Let's be fair about true. the history of this. That Amanda is, Nunes, there's nobody in either division for long stretches. She kind of was just allowed yeah, to she can chill. populate both. <laughs> Connor was forced to make an instant decision. They let him hang on to the, the belt a long time when he was inactive. C- Cormier, they basically stripped the second one from right. him pretty quickly and made him pick and choose. So Also,
1: here's the other part too. If he ends up being If Volk ends up beating Islam, right, and so now they want to make whoever wins between Emmett and uh, Yair the main champion, dude, old Max Holloway's got brand new life at 100. That's what happens,
0: yes, 100%. So Max Max
1: already fucking beat Yair, and, you know, uh, Emmett would be a tough fight. I think we would all agree, but that's very winnable for Max. So then you're right back to – I mean – you know, Max's career has looked very uncertain <laughs> to this point. Since losing, there's a lot of ways
0: where he can have a great opportunity. Sometimes all you got to do is chill out, man, just hang out on the sidelines and see what happens. Just let the brain so heal. The entire
2: division has to be cheering for Volkanovski to win this main event. Yeah, Let's dude, because he's so
0: much – dude, the
1: way – I mean, I, this it breaks my heart to say because I love Max as a person, as a fighter, as a figure to cover. But he, he got – to too.
0: Huh? He likes shoot, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I get along great with him, but – Dude, I hate to say, it, he got dummied by Volkanovski in that third fight. Yeah. He just, him and his team. They're all smart guys. Yeah, They just didn't know I what know. to do. They must be like, go beat that fucking guy's ass from Russia. <laughs> yeah. Please, just leave. You ever see
2: the movie Booty Call when they're watching those rhinos go out and Tommy Davis is like, wax that
0: 4,000-pound ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think about when you say that, Luke. Uh, all right. Well, you reference fights when you're watching movies like that? Hey, yeah, this oh, is- <laughs> yeah. It uh, reminded
1: me a lot of, yeah, yeah. Um, we just have a few minutes left. Very quickly, also on this card, one of the interesting fights, Randy Brown taking a on Australia native. Talk about going to <laughs> a, a hornet's nest. Yeah, Jesus Jack de la Madalena, who had a, I think he went to a decision or went to like the third round on his contender series bout and has since just really? one round dusted everyone off. Looked incredible. His most recent fight previous to that had beaten Ramazan Ameev. Uh, just looks like a phenomenal striker. Hardest question.
2: Hardest question I can ask you about All this right. fight. I'm going to take the reins from you. All right. Okay? This is, tough, this is a tough fish fight in Randy Brown, okay? But he's getting – Jack, Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina is getting Bob a, a big – Featured placement bout here in his 100%. home city, as you mentioned in Perth, pressure, right? Though, is, is, this, is this is this the Down Under Patty? And I don't mean to. I'm not saying is Jack, Jack, no, but in, only in terms only in terms of he's just like Patty. Just got a big opportunity in a co-main uh, out of a pay-per-view. This isn't a co-main, but it's a big push for Jack well, Dela Madalina, who showed oh, us a you. lot.
0: I think you made the point before we started taping. You uh, go ahead. You can take it. What a wow! What a silly ass question! I'm not, okay, but y-
2: you misinterpret the meaning. I'm not. I- I'm basically saying, is, is this he
1: a down under patty? First of all, It just sounds bad. I mean, this <laughs> is three words uh, you could put together. Book. I like it. But no, he is. Uh, Are they
2: giving him the patty placement spot to go out there and shine? That's Randy
1: Brown so. is tougher than any opponent, and Jared Gordon's good, but Randy Brown is tougher than any opponent Patty has faced, uh, but even relatively speaking. Like, no, Randy Brown
0: is good. Who's on a nice streak right Four now. Four The only yeah. way to
2: answer this is how much He's, does Jeff finished off
0: interviews, right? Jesus. I say what? How much he charges for interviews? That's so that's all yeah, I make funny. It. that would be the comparison though.
1: Uh no, he finished off Alex Oliveira. Like uh dude, he, Randy Brown has put together a very commendable run here. Yeah. Um and he can strike. He's very he's very rangy. probably at the peak of his powers, honestly. Probably. This yeah. is probably this is the best I've ever seen, yep. to be yep. clear. Uh but Jack Madalena Maddalena is uh very good.
2: Dude, he's he, he his his old, uh, people think I, I say the stupidest things. I know that, but his aura <laughs> screams that he's that he's competent and ready for
0: big things. Yeah. There is a
1: question about his broader skill set, how he mixes it all together, but just on his boxing, like, oh my God, his boxing is fucking. Well,
0: the great thing about him is if he does do that and treats it as a turnstile fight, goes right through, um, Randy and like has that home crowd experience. I think that'll translate big. And then unlike Patty, I think the UFC could actually begin the escalation for him, right? Like you could begin the real escalation, be like, put him against the top, uh, you know, 15 guys, you know, on and on. That's the big difference with Patty. I just – I feel like he's nowhere near ready for that. You know what I mean? And also, I wanted you to say what you said back before we started, which was – Yeah, have the balls, right? Have (laughs) the balls. Well, I forgot what it is at this point. It was uh, something along the line. So the difference is that – Jack yeah, does. Jack is suck. good. Yeah, yeah, he's actually good. Well,
1: <laughs> Patty is not <laughs> bad, but those. Patty is really good yeah. on the ground, and that's really yeah, about yeah, it. Right. Uh, exactly. That's it. Jack, we don't know the full breadth of his game, but on his feet, he is very, very talented. He knows his
2: way around the weight room too. Not necessarily the backzilla like Ian Hines. you know, which well, there's not many. You can probably, many, you young, could probably only right? get in the can, but you he's know. like
0: pretty young too, right? He's like twenty. I think he's like twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Okay. 27 like that. But still young. I mean, not even. Yeah not to his prime, and he's probably going to stack some fights here. I mean, he's kind of set up to be – a pretty good sensation. I mean, who's and from Perth? I mean, he's gonna, he's, he's gonna an be oceanic guy, Perth.
2: guy in which, in a division in which two of the three biggest names yeah. are oceanic all time greats in this, in this, in this era.
1: All right, so, so let's quickly run through the rest of these fights here, see what you guys think. There's uh, not
2: much else to talk about Luke. No, there's not. That, Justin okay? Toffa,
1: Parker Porter, anyone care?
2: Well, Parker Porter's from Hartford, Connecticut, yeah, yeah, so yeah, shout yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, he's you know what?
1: I may have Amy, read that, I may have read it wrong, so hold on. So the main card might open with Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield. That makes sense because that's a weird fight because Menafield, I think, is a great athlete with. Dynamic power and fast hands. Not sure there's a whole lot else behind that. Um, And crew. Either or famine. Yeah, like, exactly. It's oh, uh, either like shining yeah. or just kind of getting run over a little Luke, bit. When
2: are you going to contest my standing of King of Connecticut in the MMA space? Not, you know, compared to Glover, who when he won the title, he and definitely Tyson took Pedro it from LaCard. me. Or, you know, you can, I mean, you talked to Brendan Ward, another guy with Connecticut magic there. But, yeah. you know, Dana White was born in Manchester, Connecticut. That's right. A lot of people don't I want just to talk was, about that. I just that. saw yeah, that. Yeah, well,
1: I was born in New Delhi, India. Big deal. <laughs> yeah, you, and you also Were don't you regiment, really? Yes, uh, wow. Yeah. yeah and he won't, right?
2: He tries to claim, he tries to claim that because he was born in the American embassy No, and it was
1: actually born in the British High Commission
2: Because yeah. he was born in the British High Commission That he wasn't technically born in, in in India Even though it's within the damn, you know It says New Delhi on
1: my passport Okay
2: Because you stepped That's in that building, you're in sovereign territory It's like on a cruise where I could Maybe do it anything? It at is 18?
1: diplomatic territory, but obviously once you're off that You're on like regular What do you remember about it? Was it a... I left at six months old, so oh. nothing
2: <laughs> he, lived in, he lived in Doha and I lived Japan lived in, in
1: after Japan for that. that, yeah Really? Oh, yeah man. Damn, nice Crazy, man Yeah Right. I've, had a, I've had a stupid life. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, now
0: no. you now you travel to places. There was like a guy Minnesota. on my there was a guy on my <laughs> freshman high
1: school uh, uh, sorry on my freshman college senior, my freshman college dorm hall at the end of the hall he was fully American but went to the Thai International School for American like there's kids. His, his dad was, like, a big telecom guy, and so they sent him to, like, the American school. It's like, I was like, so you grew up in Bangkok? He's like, I've been in Bangkok for 18 fucking years. Wow. But he was, like, fully American. Like, had no accent, like, nothing. Chuck, what's your
2: full name again? It's a fantastic book. George Charles Mendenhall IV. <laughs> What
1: What is the... Shouldn't you, like, that? sounds like a slaveholder's name. Oh, get <laughs> out of here. I was going to ask you, since you are we're a descendant
2: of, 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 like, legitimate slaves. Colorado <laughs> mountain men... <laughs> we were servants back Who then. was George Charles Mendenhall first, and what was his story?
0: He lived in the Leadville, Colorado. Yeah. He yeah, lived done. in Leadville, Colorado, and he got blown up in a mine at uh, 1926. Damn! Yeah. was his dad a, a 1849er? And his dad, yeah, uh, yeah his dad was uh, George the Second, my grandfather, and uh, he grew up in Leadville. It was all mountain, all the mountain people. You no, know, George
2: okay. the First, dad, was he a gold rusher?
0: Uh. You know, I don't have a ton of information. He was the immigrant, though. I bet His all father outlaws, was the immigrant. Yeah. Anyway, this is, this is not... I bet but, they didn't respect... I have to pro- take a dump. They didn't respect- <laughs> I <laughs> bet George the <laughs> First didn't
2: respect Prohibition a damn bit,
0: right? Oh, no, no. No, 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 no that's no, not... No, a right, thing all right, where can folks find your work, Chuck? TheMyth.com, M-I-T-H, or you can check out... the myth. Yeah, yeah. I wanted that hat. Uh, Give me one of those bad boys. Or, or uh, what else? The Ringer MMA show, which happens around... Every event, pretty much. So every Thursday, sometimes Friday for the WANs, and then after the shows, a lot of times. Sweet, yeah. There
1: you go. You, yeah. can, you can find my work uh, in a few places as well. There it is. There yeah. it is. Oh, uh, uh, was it Friendly Pipes? What's the name <laughs> of your uh, Only Pipes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, you only Pipes. We can watch my Patreon <laughs> show. Hey, by
2: the <laughs> way, how about this Tiger thing? That was good. I gotta, gotta was, say, it was, was actually pretty good. good. Uh, it wasn't. Yo, Brandon, I, was, it, was I sweet. That. it
1: was sweet. Yeah. Or, quite literally, it's like like it's like sweet to the. What's
2: theory. what's these this Asian writing here?
0: What the fuck do I look like a translator? Well, is it supposed to be like some kind of hybrid? Uh, so it's it's supposed to
1: be blended Japanese whiskey
0: oh, yeah, and Japanese, bourbon. Okay. Yeah,
1: twenty. Yeah, the sweetness Japanese has to come from whiskey. the bourbon, right? Like,
2: yeah, eighty yeah, percent Indiana straight bourbon whiskey, twenty percent Japanese whiskey.
1: Wow. There you go. Well, it's not cheap, Brendan. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I can say that. Yo, uh, yo, yo
2: Brendan, you should get some. Uh, get a Delta Eight. Delta Eight. Yeah, spin-off sponsor the show, Tiger. T- if he gets, if he makes Tiger, tiger thic- High, Tiger Thick kratom.
1: <laughs> I don't sell that. Can that. Right. But uh, okay, that's it for us. That's Brian Campbell, that's Chuck Mendenhall I'm Luke Thomas. This has been your UFC two eighty four pregame preview. We're out, we're done, it's over for us. Enjoy the fight. Yeah, yeah.
2: just like Ben would or something, yeah.